0: In a world where every Rob, Steve, and Wayne has a podcast, two good brothers will try to rise above the rest. Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder invite you to pour a cold beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. Welcome to Beer Blues and B.S. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that's filled with adult conversations, which is a nice, refreshing change of pace after one has spent the whole day doing Mickey Mouse and Bluey and other kids programming. Uh, Anyway, I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight?
1: Well, hello, Howard Blues. I'm doing okay. How are you doing tonight? (laughs) I I see we're sticking with this joke. (laughs) Listen, you give me shit two minutes before we start about this. Oh, you're awfully monotone tonight. All right. Well, let's see what we can do with that. (sighs) Yeah, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Even if my face doesn't look like it, I am happy to be here and uh, happy for you to be on the other end of this. And of course, you on the visual or auditory end of this. Thanks for joining us for this episode, whether it's on YouTube or perhaps an audio platform at BeerBluesBS.com. Thank you. We really appreciate you stopping by and visiting the show. Your patronage is outstanding. I know that it's free to watch or listen to the show, but thank you because your time is money. So thank you. <sighs> we we got a, a, another busy show, another full lineup of things. So I think we better get right down to it. Wouldn't you uh, agree or wouldn't you say so, Howard Blues? I mean, uh, we should, although
0: I, it's interesting that you think it's a really, like, busy show, because, like, most of the stuff that happened to me this week, Kidder, I can't talk about. It's been one of those weeks, so... What was it Fight Club? Uh, well, you know, it might as well have been, um, and it's still going on, so I might not even have a lot to talk about Uh Next week. Um, So we'll just see. We'll see how that all pans out. But uh, for that reason, I think it's time that we hop right into everybody's favorite segment. What's on tap? Kidder, what do you got going tonight? What's the brew? What you having? What you pouring? What you drinking?
1: It's kind of like what are you buying and what are you selling? Something (laughs) like that. (laughs) trying to stall as I'm switching my YouTube feed. Yeah. Well, all right, let's go ahead and dig in since, since we're right there, the KRDN eyewitness news eight weather now stream ready to go here momentarily. So I guess the question is, are you partaking or are you consuming perhaps an iced tea or perhaps some of the city's favorite water. <laughs>
0: well, well Kinder, I, I do have an iced tea here.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, yes. And uh, I, I was going to say, Kinder, uh, I am going to drink some water. Um, if you didn't, for the audience, if you didn't catch in that opening line, uh, I, I Lefty is back at work, which means uh, this weekend is my first weekend where I have both the toddler and the newborn all alone. And I'm just, literally trying to survive and i have them again tomorrow uh so as i told kidder i'm uh you know it's it's difficult on a uh a well-rested non-hungover uh you know to to handle all of this it's still all new still trying to work it out um so i was gonna just be sober so kidder uh i am gonna i am gonna drink some water um I do have, though, at least to make it interesting, this uh, lovely glass that I will be drinking said water out of. Yes, making its its glorious return. So, um, but but you might notice it's empty, Um, I need to just quickly uh, refill it. You know, so uh, you know, don't don't mind me, don't mind me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just just get some uh, you know, fresh water from the Rockies. Yep.
1: Mhm. fresh mountaintop mm-hmm. water is very important. It's like spring water. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So, stay hydrated, Kidder. Stay hydrated.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad because if you're not hydrated this heat is going to get you. Mm-hmm. And if it won't be the heat, it'll be the humidity. I had to say it.
0: Yeah. And uh, for the audio listeners who haven't checked it on the uh, YouTube and are kind of wondering why we're going on about this, uh, I just poured a Coors Light into this glass um, that my wife's uncle left in my fridge because um, I figured—I mean, that's basically water, right, Kidder? That's—that's that's not.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I shouldn't. Basically, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, basically, it'll be fine.
0: And I paid the best price I could for that nothing because it's as light
1: I mean even less than nothing because it was even delivered to you for free yeah
0: there we go there we go it's
1: good get the last very last drop out of there to make sure you get the entire mountain spring in that glass yes I mean
0: look at that. that 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 looks almost clear almost you know some clear Rocky Mountain water.
1: Mm-hmm. Give them about an hour and a half. It's what it's going to look like going into the toilet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yep. Get her. Tastes like the last time I had a uh, Coors Light. Yeah. Which man?
1: Like chewing on a silver bullet.
0: Um, it's, it's like a flavored water almost.
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: So not my favorite of beers, but uh, I figured I would have that at least tonight, Kidder, just for that joke. Just for that joke. <laughs> That's it. Um, I know Kidder, for the audience, asked me what I was going to have because Kidder was nice enough to bring over beer that he had brought back from Iowa. And I know he was hoping I'd partake in some of that tonight.
1: It's so. okay. Because the good news is I have a few other selections that uh, I only had one of. So, I will be able to partake in one of those this evening.
0: Wow. That just means that everybody now knows episode 69 of the podcast. will be drinking beer. Nice. Yeah. So, Ken, what are you partaking in this? evening? Okay.
1: Uh, this one might be a little bit um, <clears throat> interesting. Uh, the reason I say interesting, because uh, there's, you know, a picture of hops on the side of it. Uh, so this one is the big grove brewery with a football on the front. Uh, Wilton or Milton, sorry, Milton B reach patented December 5th, 1939 patent number 2,182,053. That would be, as you can see for the football, for some reason, they put the drawing and patent, uh, on the front there, but Amber Ale is what this is supposed to be from, I don't know, 1939. Now the story, which is on the side with the uh, hop, Iowa produced one of its greatest teams and its favorite son was crowned the king of football. The players were so durable and tough that they earned the nickname Iron Men. This copper-hued, malt-flavored amber ale is named in honor of those gridiron legends. This comes to us from the Our Roots uh, We Will Maintain. Follow us, Big Grove Brewery, hashtag thirsty happens. This is brewed and canned at the Big Grove Brewery on Gilbert Street in Iowa City, Iowa. So you can't really get more Iowa than this. Uh, 5.7% alcohol by volume. It says that it's a memorable 5.7% as well, and 12 fluid ounces, or for you listening in the metric level or uh, metric areas, it's 355 milliliters. And uh, there's the story again. A quick close-up on, on that. If it uh, wants to try and focus again, maybe not. Nah, I tried. I tried it. It did. And then it didn't. I have to say there there's no uh, ball corporation association on this, but it does say recycle for good karma. So you do have to know that we here at the triple B recycle our cans because we can get, you know, a couple cents per uh, pound on that. Have to debut something tonight though. Howard blues. And it's been sitting here the whole time just so happens came across this the other day. It is a Yeti can koozie for a 12 ounce aluminum can. Mm. Yes, it does say North Dakota on there. This is a officially licensed piece of merchandise from your University of North Dakota fighting zoo, obviously, but you know, this this is great. I mean, laser etched on here. Nice nice and reflective, right? But you need a little bit more. Don't you agree?
0: Well, it does look kind of plain, truthfully, Kidder.
1: Well, you know me. I just happened to spruce it up a little bit. <laughs> Make it a, even a little bit better. Look at that wonderful Fighting Sioux logo right there on the other side. So, yes. There it is. Look at the quality. Anyway, it's real nice because you just pop the can in there, put the top on, so then it's actually secured. I think these these suckers might actually float. Uh, I'm not sure, but this would be a great one for for uh, you because, as we know, slowest beer drinker in the West. So it'll yeah. keep your beer nice and nice and cool.
0: My sister-in-law has one of those uh, for. White claws. Since she drinks a lot of those. Which speaking of Kidder, I was actually supposed to drink a white claw tonight because I lost mm. uh, our predictions at Money in the Bank. Um, so episode sixty nine, beer from Iowa, and Howard has to drink a white claw. The title of this is uh, of that episode is just writing itself right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Episode sixty nine: the ups and downs of beer drinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the highs and lows.
1: Mm-hmm. Comes and goes. All right, <laughs> this smells pretty good. Has a nice, uh, nice amber ale scent to it. So happy about that. Hmm. It is a thicker amber ale. So if you like those darker beers, this is probably right up your alley.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, and not too bad. I'd say uh good three and a half right now on the zero to five scale. Uh yeah, not too bad. All right. There we go. Now we know officially what's on tap. And that's pretty yeah. good, wouldn't you say Howard Blues? I mean, it's always nice to know what is on tap because that really is the biggest question that I think you or I get you know what is on tap what's happening what's going on what are you guys drinking these days when is Lane getting us his beer that he said he was going to get us to us two months ago what are those beers what could they actually be I mean there are so many different questions that are floating around that we just don't have the answers to but tonight you can be assured assured that we have at least one good beer on this show Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and a glass of water yeah one good beer and a glass of water high quality h2o mm-hmm. <laughs> from the rockies
1: i don't know if that water is good maybe the water that's in your iced tea is good but... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you love controversy, and we've been following this because you know that we here at the Triple B love to keep you updated, even if it is two weeks behind. So <clears throat> the latest information that came out Thursday, I believe, and Friday morning with Mr. McMahon, right? Vince McMahon, since the 80s, apparently has been trying to get women to... uh do some things with him in the sexual nature, and then, you know, pay him off so they don't say anything. Various tunes of money from the personal accounts or perhaps the pushes, as we say in the wrestling business, they get more fame or a bigger spotlight for quite a while, or they get a promotion within the company. Now, uh, apparently, the total that is known for money that uh, Mr. McMahon has paid off is up into the $17 million range. Really? Like, just outstanding. And apparently, uh, a lot of it happened during the 2000 to 2006-ish time frame, you know, when the Divas search was going on. Kind of an odd time frame for that to happen, right? Howard Blues, what's your uh, hot take on that? If I thought anything was
0: going to come of it, I might care. But I I just don't think anything is going to come of this. It's going to be out there. People will know about it. And eventually, people will let it go and it will be just another story that is rehashed in wrestling, you know, lore and legend and all of that. that, That's the thing for me. Like, I just... Because I don't feel like there's going to be any consequences to it, I just... It's not a story that I can uh, find myself caring about. I tried, Kidder. I tried uh, listening to some commentators talk about it, and I maybe listened to about three minutes. I'm just like, I just don't care. And even they were saying, like... We don't know what's going to happen with this, but a uh, good possibility nothing happens.
1: I'm like. The only thing I could see, <laughs> excuse me, see potentially is uh, legal action in the form of like a class action lawsuit, but there would have to be a lot of information I think shared and a lot of uh, wiggle room in the civil legal realm due to these individuals, I'm guessing they're all women uh, accepting money and basically signing that contract, you know, of uh, non-disclosure. So if they did come forward and said something, yeah, they, you know, received the money, but how would that play out in the court system, right? Because it's, it's almost i don't to say it's a guaranteed loss. I'm no legal expert, <clears throat> but you know, you make a legal agreement of some kind, and you're supposed to adhere to that, and then you'd be the one breaching it. So, I don't know. Um, well, just looking at it and thinking at, about it, it is kind of dumb, and it's in the, especially in the fact that uh, you know, if you're rich enough, you can get away with it. And that annoys me about our court system and criminal justice system and how things work, because if he's, you know, a sleazy fear mongering person like that, then he should be held accountable. So there's that, Uh, especially with the uh, Friday yesterday. uh, I did not get to see it because my DVR decided to delete the series recording for SmackDown, which I mean might be a blessing in disguise. Uh, So I ended up having to reset it up. So we'll see if it records next week. But Mr. McMahon apparently showed up again on SmackDown. And then reportedly after his short, you know, as you've seen and we've seen 30 seconds to a minute of talking about nothing related to anything, going back in the curtain and then, uh, apparently saying, quote, F So your impression of what he's doing with this, do you feel like I do where it's kind of giving the middle finger to the whole situation? I, I think it's a bit of that. It's
0: that whole, you know, again, I, I don't know that anything's going to happen to him. I think he knows that. And it's, you know, I I think he's going out there and putting on a show and trying to be the lovable, if you could call it that heel, that is Mr. McMahon And have people cheer, although I hear that there's plenty of booze when he does come out. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: You know, it's just... Try and make him forget about it almost?
0: Yeah. You know, it's just trying to brush it under the rug. You know? And try to get, you know, everybody to kind of forget about it or have their attention drawn away from it. And that's That's what they're trying to do. You have to remember, he's a guy who believes that his audience would confuse Austin Theory and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a guy who believes that the audience can't remember what happened week to week to week to week. So that's why we have to have all these video repackages and all of that.
1: 45 minutes before.
0: Right. It's, you know, he's never really looked at the audience in kind of a. As a, you know, like, like he, he needs them because they pay the bills. But there's definitely kind of a, a love-hate kind of relationship with the audience at times. I mean, and that's part of it. And I think that's just what he's doing. If he stalls long enough, you know, most wrestling fans aren't going to follow us. If they are, it's because they're probably hoping that something is going to come out of it you know, some change. Hey, right? we're going to get him out of here and Paul Levesque is going to take over the company and WWE will be awesome again. And I just I don't see that
1: happening. And so I apparently Triple H is back in charge of uh, NXT. So there is that.
0: There, There is, but I wonder if the damage to NXT has already kind of been done, you know, it, it's hard to say because not only did they change the look, the feel, the storytelling, and all of that, but they've lost a lot of the the top indie talent that they were using to fuel that show. So, yeah.
1: Apparently, the Mandy Rose faction storyline is pretty good, but I don't know anything about it. so. <laughs>
0: Like I, said, I don't I have time to watch NXT. About. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So I so I guess that's that's it. I mean that's all I got on the whole McMahon side. I just I don't think anything's really going to come of it. Uh, and then I, you know, if I'm wrong, then kudos. But I don't know. Gut instinct says that he's just gonna slide past this and you know, Mm
1: -hmm. get away with it. Yeah. (sighs) So aside from that, the uh, only other piece of information that came out uh, WWE related that uh, wanted to touch on, I guess, apparently John Cena might miss SummerSlam now, which the question in my head is why? I mean, we're, three weeks out. I mean, 20 days, it's on the 29th from when we recorded this. So even when this episode comes out, he's not supposed to be a feature on the card, but it was, you know, the summer of Cena and whatnot. But the question is, why isn't he booked? Um, Theory, again, Austin theory is still like provoking John Cena in uh, some different ways, you know, trying to get uh, the storyline or something like that. But he has the Money in the Bank briefcase now. So how does that work out, right? It Having Cena involved with that, it doesn't add anything. I mean, even if Cena has a chance to steal the uh, briefcase via a pinfall victory, what does he do? WWE isn't going to give Cena the the title again because he's right at the level, like he's tied with Flair, I think, or or has one. Yeah, I think he's tied with Flair, and. <clears throat> They, they're they very protective of that, which, as we've talked about on this show, about switching the title holders week to week and different things, suddenly the numbers were getting up there to the 8 to 15 range, well, 8 to 13 range, and then they're like, whoa, we're getting close to Flair's record, we can't have the 15 time world champions out there so that kind of stopped and then you have roman reigns being a champion for you know two years i don't yeah. know what what's your thought on that with cena
0: i uh, it's a little disappointing i kind of would wonder like i i hear that it's kind of the whole like they just don't have something for him which it's cena how do you not have something for him um, I also kind of wondered this might be actually another one of these, you know, consequences of the whole Vince McMahon thing. Because Cena is very protective of his brand. And I could see him going, just going to slowly backpedal away from this, you know, because um, I don't want to be involved. Um, so it's it's hard to say. Um Will SummerSlam be okay without Cena? Sure, he hasn't been around for a while, so you know it it'll survive without him. You know, mm. I yeah. It it's one of those things. I I guess I don't get too excited about John Cena making appearances because it's not like he's going on a long title run or having a big program or anything like that. He's he's kind of to like. Undertaker status of shows up once a year does, you know, a little high uh, spot and shh, gone, you know, mm-hmm. actually probably closer to the rock, you know, shows up about once every five years does a bit gets out, you know, mm-hmm. and that's I, 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 you know, so it just doesn't excite me and it's not like you could throw them into a match with the title and I'd be like, oh, they're going to put it on him. It's like, no. Uh, I think he's enjoying his Hollywood career, which, hey, good for him. Um, It's just not a a reason to go back.
1: Yeah. Leading into that, too, with the Hollywood part, he's supposed to be filming some scenes for Peacemaker Season 2 in Vancouver in the next uh, week or two or something like that. So... I mean that might work into that not saying that he can't fly to nashville wrestle an event and then go back but this is a live premium event and it is on a sunday night again which the next aew pay-per-view is also on a sunday night Saturday night thing is just so much more enjoyable. I don't, I don't know. I found it to be more exciting. Yeah, the the pay per view big time feel that it used to be. Sunday night, you wait all weekend. You're all jacked up for it, ready to. Yeah, that was great. But now, boop boop boop, tune to the app. Boop 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 boop, play. Oh, okay, is it Saturday? Hey, okay. I just wait for the kickoff show. Oh, there's no matches on this. Why am I watching this? Okay. Well, go to the bathroom, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I I I like the
0: Saturday night shows as well, but it sounds like that uh with kind of pay-per-view numbers in general, Sunday night is the night that um the United States tunes in. Um so
1: yeah yeah suffer through it is what mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. yeah um, other than that just a quick couple notes with aew uh, fighter fest is coming up starting uh as we're recording this on wednesday and f- finishing the following week so that'll be interesting there's some uh, nice crossovers here and there with uh, Ring of Honor and even uh, the New Japan uh, individuals doing some wrestling, Uh, even Chris Jericho and and, uh, uh, Eddie Kingston battling one more time, Eddie Kingston promising to basically destroy Chris Jericho uh, again. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, you and I have discussed this a few weeks ago, unfortunately, but somewhat not unfortunately, Orange Cassidy has changed his theme music. I have to say the new music is kind of bizarre with him, but I really like the song. (laughs) So, it's not fine, but it's fine. It's the song Jane by Jefferson Starship. And you're thinking, wait a minute, when was the last time Jefferson Starship had some kind of a single or an album? Well, fun fact for you, they've been releasing music since the 70s. And they just had an album come out just two years ago. So... They're still at it, but in fact, uh, I'm just going to, um, look it up here, just to help you out. Mm-hmm. I also think, uh, the song has received a little bit of extra airplay and, uh, through Spotify specifically, because now it is the most popular Jefferson Starship song on their profile with, uh, 52 million streams. The next uh, most popular song from Jefferson Starship on Spotify is "Miracles," that has 16 million six hundred thousand listeners or streams. So it's also an artist pick that has AW's Orange Cassidy's "Walk On" song. So, so there it is. Um, but uh, to give you, yes, again. 2020 was their last album called Mother of the Sun. Their oldest album, uh, as we go back in time, hold on, I got to scroll. Hold on. 1974 was their debut album called Dragonfly. So, yes, yeah, since the 70s, they've been making the music. And in case you're wondering where and when. The song Jane Came From, well that was created in 1979, track number 1 on the album Freedom at Point 0. So there's a little bit of rock news for you of sorts and wrestling tied together. Very interesting. Since we're talking music, I brought this uh, up on the uh, the sheet Howard blues? Are you into stranger things? I, I do
0: enjoy stranger things, although I'm a bit behind um, left. and I we are a couple episodes into season three and then life happened and we just haven't had a, a chance to watch, but I know where you're going with this. So
1: yeah, uh, I, I do have to share and, and, and me. I've never seen an episode of stranger things. I have no idea what the show is about. I, To some degree, don't really care. I'll watch it at some point in the future when it's done and everybody is not um, obsessed with it. (laughs) Then I can enjoy it. And I'll forget all the spoilers about it. But uh, this being somewhat of a spoiler to some degree, but I don't know how it fits in. Metallica is featured in the season finale. (laughs) So, very cool. Uh, Aside from that, the song is Master of Puppets. Of course, the title track from the 1986 album that was created in 1985, a fantastic year if I do say so myself. With this song coming out in Stranger Things, Metallica playing or however they have it worked out in the, uh, the, the show. Every time I see an article, it shows Metallica on stage playing, but it looks like a regular concert. So Again, no context to the show versus a concert. Whatever. Master of Puppets has begun charting again on the Billboard music charts because of people discovering Metallica. Which I'm all for and James Hetfield says he's all for. Great, welcome anybody to the Metallica family. but uh, It goes back to the uh, remember when uh, Paul McCartney teamed up with some other random superstar who's now defunct and had a song, and uh, everybody's like, Who's Paul McCartney? <laughs> this, this is almost getting to that point, it seems, where like, Oh, Metallica, these guys must be new. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, well, Metall- Not new.
0: Metallica isn't, isn't the only, uh, Musical song that has risen up the charts due to Stranger Things. Um, uh, wh- wh- the way it's used, actually, Kidder, in the show is one of the characters that they introduced this season, Eddie, actually ends up playing Master of Puppets on the which has led to an interesting thing because uh, Stranger Things, especially season four, takes place in 1986. And uh, some internet sleuths have figured out that uh, from time of release to time of Eddie playing this, two weeks, two weeks to learn Master of Puppets with no internet, no way to look up the chords, just sheerly by listening to it, uh, he he had to do it. So um, that's kind of an interesting... Take on that, Kidder, I think you might actually enjoy Stranger Things. Um, it's kind of the best way I can put it. It's kind of a combination of uh, Ghostbusters, The Goonies, um, and probably well, and Stephen King. It's kind of a combination of those things, and so it's it's kind of got all of the fun and flair of like a '80s, you know, paranormal. Um, movie or show um with a little bit darker themes and kind of horror that you find in steam king and it's it's
1: really good actually um so it's it's yeah i believe it yeah it'll probably end up like battlestar galactica for me because uh the first episodes that i watched were the last two in the series Uh, They had a marathon on the night of the finale, and I watched the last two. And then I think it was about a year later, I bought the whole series on Blu-ray because it was on super sale. And then it sat on my shelf for four years, and then I watched it. (laughs) That was back, you know, before the streaming days. So I'll, I'll probably get around to it one of these months or years uh, maybe especially when it finishes and everybody is done with the spoilers and then I forget about it and go back and watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you'd enjoy it. It's it's pretty good. So I'm not at like near the obsession level that some people are with it, but uh I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it.
1: Yeah, good. In other music news. David Draymond debuted a new guitar a couple days ago of, uh, uh, on the guitar, it says F cancel culture. So fantastic <laughs> and still waiting on their new music. And, uh, uh, that we talked about in the last episode. So I'm excited for that and just happened to be posted 13 minutes ago as of our recording. If you're familiar with red light King, Uh, About 10 years ago, uh, Red Light King became popular with a cover of Old Man. And uh, they've made a few good songs since then. Well, it just so happens they are working on new music and uh, coming down the pipeline, Cost a couple of festivals in September, and a new single and a new video will be out in August. So if uh, you're a fan of Red Light King, like i am that's some good music news because i love new music coming out especially if it's really good i'm looking forward to that um you're familiar with red light king maybe a little bit heard the song maybe once or twice can't say that i have so okay well that's fine there's still time (laughs) okay other than that um music just just enjoying festivals from afar i learned that Adelita's way will be in minot uh next week no it's a tuesday of this coming week They are at the original. So, of course, by the time this airs, it's, you know, two weeks behind. But if you were in Minot, I hope you got to enjoy Adelita's Way because those guys are awesome. I've met them and hung out with them before and have loved their music for years. So looking forward to them putting out some new music uh, as well. Before we continue on, I have to share one piece of... uh, paraphernalia if you will because as you know the colorado avalanche won the stanley cup this year wait we won the
0: cup when did this happen
1: where was i
0: yeah yeah i've i've heard i've heard
1: you were sitting right over there (laughs) when we lost (laughs) right over there Oh, before I forget too, if you want to listen to the killer kidder show, I have a Spotify playlist has uh, thousands and thousands of songs. They're available curated by yours. Truly the former number one per capita radio DJ of active rock in the country for two years. It's available on Spotify. The link is down here or just search the killer kidder show on Spotify and listen to some awesome rock music. So again, going back to the paraphernalia, <clears throat> I needed uh, to get myself uh, one of these since uh, "We Are the Champions," my friends. Uh, here is the the calling card for it. Uh, yes, it is a commemorative coin. It has the the gold uh, flake, whatever. I, I I guess I don't want to say that I didn't care about it, but collector's coin. For winning the cup, and uh, it's one of 5,000 of them made. Uh, I'll show you. It's got the nice little little uh, display box here from from the Mint, but as you can see, nice Colorado Ave. Oh, you're getting the... Re- look at that, huh? You're getting the reflection of the Fighting Sioux flag in there. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, glorious. Okay, maybe... Trying to get this dang thing to... Whatever. Uh, Won't focus. Howard Blues has pictures of it, so he can show them full screen and actually make it work. But on the back of the coin, the glorious Colorado Avalanche logo with the established in 1995 as when the uh, Avalanche moved to Denver Colorado. So that uh, is a nice uh, little cool piece of um history of sorts it's only five thousand of them made and there's one of them right there and i'm happy to have received uh one of those because i started buying stuff within like 10 minutes of the abs winning the cup (laughs) because if you don't get it right away you don't get it a lot of the stuff you know ends up getting sold out They don't make enough of them, so then they make different versions, you know, things like that. So I wanted to make sure, just like when UND won the national championship in 2016, that I got things like the pennant, which, of course, you can't see, and uh, pint glass and other pieces that are over on the, the wall over there. But very excited. Very happy Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup 2022. Big news with that is that there's a lot of people that are kind of on the line of returning or not returning due to salary cap. I mean, uh, Nazem Kadri is one of them. That's kind of a question yet. <clears throat> um, the abs are working with Valerian Achuskin, to come back, but uh, could be a 5 to $6 million hit to the cap. Uh, they're still working with him. Darcy Kemper will not be returning as the Avalanche have traded a couple draft picks for, I think, the next three years, uh, including the draft that just happened. So 22, 23, and 24, I believe for the rangers backup goalie so pavel francos and this uh goalie i can't remember his name off the top of my head will be the uh, main two goalies as we head into the next hockey season so hopefully they can make a deal with cadre have him come back because it would be great uh you know now that he's won the cup and done his thing that he can continue with the with the team. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was granted an extension on his contract, so this will be the last year of his contract, and we'll have to rework a contract with him. Gabe Landeskog just sealed a new contract last year, so he's good for a little bit yet. And uh, Then it really becomes the question of who else on the team can uh, come back and make a difference. So let's go abs.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, in, in kind of other interesting news, Kidder, at the same time, and I know it's the Wild, and you're going to be like, yeah, but it was big news. The Wild were able to uh, secure Marc Andre Fleury coming back, not just for a year, but for two years, a two year deal. Uh, As their other goalie, uh, Cam Talbot. Pretty pissed. It sounds like. Um, so, uh, doesn't it sounds like some dissension in the ranks uh, over on the wild side? Um, and it sounds like this last, this next year is the last year of the uh, what of their um, unfortunate cap hit that is paying for Parisi and uh, Suter. Um, so after this next hockey season, they'll be free. To uh, or have a little bit more money to spend on that.
1: So, um, you know, I thought I saw with that 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 they also signed the contract for like six million dollars for two years. Seven. Seven. Yeah, it was like, seven. That's that's outrageous. <laughs> two and, years. Yeah, he he is a good goalie, but is he the best thing? The best goalie that has ever played the game of hockey? No. Yeah. The uh, The other interesting thing that all the wild uh, commentators
0: are kind of talking about is, um, oh, what was his name? Kaprivov. Um, Kavril Kaprizov, I think is the pronunciation. Uh, who is there, like... They are banking on this guy to be like their next kind of great big star and player, Uh, but he's from Russia, and he went back to Russia, and they're not sure that he's going to get to come back or will come back from Russia um, for the next season, and so there's some up in the air about kind of all of that, so yeah, it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. Kaprizov was found to have uh, an illegally purchased fake Russian military ID to try and get out of the military draft. And there was another goalie in the NHL who did the same thing to try and get out of it with the, uh, Ukrainian, co- uh, war that's going on. So there's a potential that they might end up in the Russian gulag. Yeah. Clearly, you knew more about this (laughs) than I did. (laughs) uh, uh, I don't know about no more, but uh, it also turns out that Kaprizov was denied re-entry into the U.S. twice or three times because of uh, that whole situation. Because, you know, you're like a fugitive from justice. Like, "Eh, we'll, we'll let you figure your things out. And then come talk to us, but it, yeah. it, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a bunch of different Russian players out there who either had to return home or got to, forced to stay here, and you know, I don't want to say illegally, but uh, violating rules of their country or something like that. And of course, the NHL's like, no, don't, don't do that. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Some interesting stories and in development uh kind of throughout the NHL and uh we just completed the draft. That happened. I didn't watch. Um mostly because the draft is for the NHL is very prospective. You know, it's they're gambling on kids who are just going into college, you know. So, it's you know it's not like we're going to get to see a lot of these players like this next year you know or that they're going to be in the minor league this next year you know it's most of them are going to go play at the college level for a bit uh before so it, it, for that reason it's not really worth my time to to kind of care about this um so I bring that up. One thing that I've been hearing a lot on, um, I've been listening to sports radio a little bit uh, in the mornings. Terrestrial radio? Yeah, a little bit. A <sighs> little bit. Terrible. Uh, you know, I mostly because it was uh, around the Stanley Cup here and all of that. So I was listening to hockey commentary. That's, that's really why I was tuning in. I don't have a hockey podcast. If you know a good hockey podcast, pass it on. Um, Beer, blues, and BS. Uh, but one of the things that they're thinking about nowadays uh at the current moment is the NBA has their summer league going on, which is kind of all of their, their rookies, kind of their minor league team, you know, kind of their like prospect players playing a bunch of games in Las Vegas, kind of uh, like a tournament play. And there's a whole convention and things like that. I, I couldn't help but think, man, wouldn't that be fun for hockey? You know? Kind of like a late summer league where you know smaller maybe games and such. You know, that way we can have more hockey year round.
1: Yeah. Could be fun. I'm good with I'm good with playing hockey, but it almost begs the question then, you know, if, if they can't get people in the seats during the regular season in the warmer climate areas, like Tampa Bay, uh, who have won, you know, two Stanley Cups in a row. Do you think that they would not want to do that sort of thing because they wouldn't get people to be there and then pay to have the doors open? Well,
0: you have to realize this is kind of like a whole like, convention-esque scene. So this is like the NBA Summer League is all in Las Vegas right now. So all of the games are in Las Vegas. And so it's like going to like an NBA convention, you know, imagine going to like a hockey convention, you know, where there's vendors, a chance to meet some of the the major stars of the teams, the coaches, some of that, but also at the same time, check out some of like the up and coming players as they play a series of, you know, games, you know, could be could be interesting i don't know maybe possibly i don't know i'm just throwing it out there just throwing it out there
1: it's almost like the all-star game but it's not the all-stars it's here's the people who are better than the college players or were in college and now see what they can do just watch them and Mm -hmm. see who's your future stars yeah, And being in Vegas, there would be enough people that would, f- uh, who would fly in, watch this, or just happen to stumble through and like, I like hockey, okay, I'll go to this. So I think that would be a much better idea than hosting in each individual hockey franchise city. I mean, they could rotate every summer if they wanted to. Vegas is a great place to have it with all of the other entertainment available and of course enough lodging for everyone. But, uh, I like that idea. Good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it'd be kind of a, you know, a smaller affair, you know, but I don't know. Could be fun. Could be interesting. Would be, uh, yeah, would be, so kidder uh, (laughs) kidder knows what i'm gonna throw to um it always scares me when i open the run sheet and there's a big block of text and then i see that it's all star trek strange new worlds the season one finale there's a lot of stuff all right kidder i hope you're uh vocal cords are well lubricated and you are ready to talk about (coughs) star trek (coughs) yes
1: ah don't fall asleep i mean the good thing about it is that uh when when you watch it or forced to watch it at some point in the next you know 100 years, uh, that uh, you get a little bit more enjoyment out of it. So without any spoilers, because you know how we hate spoilers. I have to point out that before the first episode even premiered, Paramount was sharing spoilers that should not have been shared. First of all, that they had a new actor playing the role of Captain James T Kirk. That should not have been shared. Didn't need that information. Would have been a great surprise. Yeah, it was in the last episode of the season, but again, it shouldn't have been left out there as this guy is, you know, floating around and he's going to show up at some point. Terrible spoiler. Uh other spoilers throughout the season from sets to certain other people on the on the the ship or who they run into stop screwing it up like make it a surprise people would enjoy that you don't have to oversell people you gotta tune in because you're gonna see uhura just it's fine like calm down but there's a couple things that that stuck out that i enjoyed and that bothered me Uh, Without going into too many details about uh, the season one finale, because again, spoilers and that sort of thing, it happens that Captain Pike is seen from the future and he is dressed in uh, what is commonly referred to as the monster maroon uniform That being the uniform from Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan through Star Trek six, the undiscovered country. Uh, If you're familiar with any of those movies, you'll know that uh, it is an all maroon uniform with black trim, black pants, red stripe down the side and typically the white collar uh, like a turtleneck underneath. Depending on the division for the officer, uh, the color of the tunic underneath will change. Uh, same thing with the striping, and and other thing, uh, the the strap on on the uh, the shoulder that comes across actually it would be on the right shoulder. So they did their own twist, and to some degree, I'm a fan because they brought it back and a lot of the general stylizing of it is there great the colors the same the the under collars the same great what i don't like is that they added the texturization on the shoulders and arms that they have with the uniforms that they've made for the updated series I mean, it's cool for the uni- uniforms that they made there, but it doesn't fit with this coat. And the second thing, I hate the angle of the, the chest flap. It cuts way too low. It's supposed to be more squared off versus hanging down to your armpit as it's closed. And that bothered me because the strap comes over the shoulder and it looks like it's hanging way down here and it's barely hanging that piece of cloth up. It just looked out of place to me. And I'm sure a lot of other people, uh, when Howard saw the rundown and uh, he saw about, you know, half a page of text and links, he's like, oh, no. But I can assure you, the pictures that you have just seen are worth it. So uh, the comparison between the original uh, from the movies with William Shatner and co-stars versus. The one off finale episode in Star Trek, strange new worlds. Other thing as Kirk is introduced in this. Plausible timeline. uh, In true canon. He was in command of the USS Farragut before taking command of the USS Enterprise. I like that they added that in specifically in this episode that he, I mean, this episode takes place in an alternate future to some degree. So there's a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but he's in command of the Farragut. So for the first time in the canon series history, you see the USS Farragut, which is kind of a cool looking ship. I like this, the style that they, they kept with, uh, again, with the strange new world's feel instead of the stupid discovery looking ships that look like trash. Uh, this has a great homage to the era of what the original series was was. So good on them for doing that. My uh, next piece, I guess, is this uh, episode involves the Romulans. And to give you a backstory, if you watch uh, the episode Balance of Terror from the original series, watch that episode. Great episode by itself. And then watch episode 10 of the season one of strange new worlds. The reason is because this episode 10 is a futuristic, uh, alternate to what happens in the original series. And so that's where all of this comes in. Little backstory in this, uh, time frame. Humans and the Allies have not seen a Romulan ever, so they don't know what a Romulan looks like. The last contact they had with the Romulans was over a 100 years ago prior to this taking place. And uh, some star bases are destroyed, listening posts along the Romulan neutral zone. And basically, the Enterprise is sent uh, to try and rescue and uh, see what's going on because there's a distress distress call from outpost three. And as they're out there, they uh, get the pieces of this ship that shows up and then disappears, releases this massive plasma weapon and utterly destroys the asteroid that the uh, listening posts are on. So you watch the original series episode. You get the basis for the episode and, and how it is. And of course, being you in know, 1966 or 1967, take it with a grain of salt and then watch this episode. I love how they kept with the original pieces from the timeline of the episode itself and from other parts of the series, like the next generation. So, Howard, you may know that the Romulans have a harder eyebrow. It's it's a more protruded eyebrow to emphasize uh, the pointed eyebrows. And, of course, they have the pointed ears like the Vulcans do. They kept that. Fantastic. And they updated the uniforms to be... Very, very similar to what were used in the original series episode, Balance of Terror, but made them classier and you could tell they had a budget to make them. So, again, with the picture showing, uh, they, they look very good. They also kept pieces from that original, very cheaply made set of the bridge for the Romulans. And expanded upon that in this episode. So uh, I think they did a fantastic job working with that episode and then, you know, keeping elements that true Star Trek fans would really approve of, <laughs> keeping them as close to the original as possible. So good for them. I have to say that I hate, absolutely hate, there are only 10 episodes. Terrible. At least do 15. You could do 20. They're already filming season two and have wrapped season two. So it's in you know, the background now of getting it processed, put the, the uh, graphics in and the enhancements and editing and all that good stuff. But make more. We've talked about this several times on the show, and it just bothers me how these shows are like, yeah, we made eight episodes. They're great yeah, they're great, but what stories can you tell? It's not like you're making an episode that's an hour and a half long that would be a movie length and actually tell a full story. No, you're making them 48 minutes long to potentially air on network television that they never will. Even Ms. Marvel, the latest episode of Ms. Marvel that came out, the episode itself was 31 minutes before the credits. Really? Okay. I don't know. Bothers me. The showrunners are doing that. The streaming platforms are doing it. I know that uh, you want to sit down and watch them all and and binge them, but make more of them. Just do us a favor. Give us more content. Stop being stingy. Sucks. All right, I've ranted enough
0: mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, since we're talking watching stuff uh kinder episode I mentioned that uh the misses and I have been watching um iron Chef uh the new and uh, reboot on netflix and uh I, I i remembered something that I wanted to talk about with that that I thought it was worth bringing up um. And I would uh, forgotten it, and I remembered it, so I put it in here. Um, one of the things that's kind of annoying about the show is they they pull a move from the WWE, and they are piping in audience noises. Oh come so on! So there's clapping and cheering and all of that that they're yeah piping in over like throughout the episode to make it sound like there's an audience there. And I thought that was pretty cheesy um, until we watched a little bit of an episode or we watched an episode this week, Kidder. Not only do that, they have just some terrible uh, like CGI figures that are up, like they hardly ever show up in there. That is like an audience. So there's an audience in the upper part, but it's just kind of CGI digital, like, yeah, people, and it's just... <laughs> I don't think it's needed for the for this series. You, you don't you don't need a studio audience. You don't need people actually there. It, it's just is a interesting uh, production choice, and I I think it's pretty terrible um, and such. So I just wanted to wanted to share that uh, one last uh, thought on that. Um, the other thing here that I was able to uh, watch. Um, Have you ever seen on YouTube these uh, they are primitive building videos and it's like two guys with like sticks and they are out in the jungle and they like build like this amazing swimming pool and house out of just like primitive tools and the natural surrounding. Have you ever had one of those pop up in your feed?
1: No, I try and stay away from stuff like that. (laughs) <laughs> mm. Mm. It's like straight line missions.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's nothing that I watch because it's it, it's just like yeah, I don't care. But apparently, like this is it's a uh it's a category of video on YouTube that is I mean, like these videos get millions of or these channels get millions of subscribers. Yeah, they get like 30, 40, 50 million, you know, views of video. It's it's crazy um, but I, I watched an interesting uh, video essay that was done by a YouTuber where he broke down, like he was doing some research into it. And he broke down how these videos are often faked um, and how it's, you know they show, yeah, it's two guys in the jungle doing this, but it's like, nope uh, if, you, if you look closely here, you can see the tracks from where they brought in an excavator uh, to do the digging, or in one shot, hey, there's the excavator, or uh, they had footage from a guy who uh, was flying his drone over the jungle, just getting footage, and all of a sudden comes across a clearing with like ten guys, like building this, uh, you know, structure, that then showed up in one of the videos. So it was an interesting uh, video essay. I will put a link in the show notes uh, to it if people are interested. But it's just. It's amazing that the lengths that people will go to uh, to produce these videos and make money. So it's it's uh, it's incredible in that sense. It's a whole business in its own to make fake primitive building videos.
1: Are you saying we should make a video on building a dam? No. No. I died. I, Look, they get views. We wouldn't get views. Oh. But we get some sweet footage of me driving a skid steer. (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, if we wanted to do that, we could just do that. You know, (laughs) but I don't think anybody's going to want to (laughs) watch that.
1: Well, clearly, we need to build something with it then. So what can we build?
0: But again, the things like we build would not bring in people, kidder. Uh, The stuff that these guys are doing are just so ridiculous and ludicrous. That's why people tune in,
1: you know? Yeah. Hmm. I see. Yeah. Well, so much for that. Mm -hmm. (sighs) When you mentioned, uh, iron chef, it brought back the thoughts of food network. And I know you're not watching it on food network, but of course, iron chef, as far as I'm aware, still airs on the food network. I happen to have time on my hands on Wednesday. And I ended up flipping through the channels. Nothing was really on. And I'm like, well, I can't just start watching something else. I have to watch something on TV. Came across the Food Network again and saw that it was Guy's Grocery. Uh, what is it? Guy's Grocery Game, I think is what it is. Triple G. And I sat and watched. I ended up <clears throat> watching um, almost five hours of that. I should have called for help. <laughs> once once you stop shopping, you, you can't. You can't stop. Yep. I was stuck stuck in guys' grocery game for for long enough. Oh, they only get six ingredients for this challenge. What are they gonna use in the store? Oh, it was a sad day. Have you seen Guy's grocery games?
0: I uh I have. I have.
1: So. Um hmm.
0: I pull this up just to show, a kid. This is the kind of stuff that they're building, and supposedly doing it with like primitive tools, like sticks. Oh, sure, we could do that. Yeah, you know, water slides into pools, and you know, fun underground huts and things like that. You know, like this.
1: Yeah, saw one that said it was exposed right there.
0: Yeah, as I said, there's a couple of people now calling him out. This here's the video that I uh watched. It's pretty good. So but that's because again people are building these crazy things and trying to tell people that it's real. So yeah. Uh but no, I have uh I have seen guys grocery games. It's not bad um it's a better version of uh supermarket sweep i don't know if you ever watched that classic 90s game show um so
1: saw out of time or two but yeah this is much more enjoyable for me adding that cooking element into it definitely food show food network show wise interesting Uh, I always like the challenge shows like that, where you get limited ingredients and you have to figure out what to do or, you know, different uh, restrictions. Uh, Chopped was always one that I enjoyed as well, Mm -hmm. where you open a basket and that's what you have to make a dish out of. And everybody gets the same ingredients. I enjoyed that seeing what kind of stupid things they would throw together. Like, here is a potato. And here's uh, something completely outrageous. Um, Baby corn, you know, the little pickled baby corns. (laughs) And then you get a, I don't know, saffron. And you're like, how, why, what? Just different things. Interesting.
0: Anyway, you were saying. Yeah no i was gonna say uh, chopped was good um it i don't know if you ever watched um was it cutthroat kitchen which another one nope that one was uh interesting kidder It, it had the challenges but everybody got to start with the 25 grand in their briefcase and then you got to buy basically sabotages or exclusive rights to equipment you know um So you were constantly whittling down how much money you you would get. So if you were the one who won the whole thing, you got whatever was left in your briefcase. But you were constantly kind of going into these auctions trying to like, hey, you get the exclusive right to use your oven this. (laughs) You know, so that was kind of an interesting, interesting one to see. And especially Mm -hmm. because then part of that was the judge, because they only had a singular judge, was not allowed to know like you weren't allowed to tell them what challenges you faced throughout that, so it made for uh, it made for an interesting, interesting show. Um, hmm. It's a good one if you catch it. It's a, it's a good one to watch. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll see if it pops up one of these days when I don't have anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that will watch.
1: Uh, yesterday I almost watched some episodes of beat Bobby Flay, but I didn't, I didn't want to make Bobby Flay feel bad because, you know, cooking with Kidder always beats Bobby Flay. So one of these days you're going to get called out on that (laughs) Hey, local geek tried to do that. He's like, yeah, where, where's the cooking with Kidder when, when I got the, uh, I forget what he called it. Like grilling with the geek or something. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, that's fine. You you have that. I mean, that looks delicious. You're not sharing either. So, I mean. Hey, we need to have a grill off at some point. Hmm.
0: Cooking with Kidder versus grilling with a geek. A grill off. I'll judge. No, that'll be good.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to give any away any of my secrets yet because hmm. I know the local geek he's got a notepad he's like he's ready to go
0: He's <laughs> like yes feel your guts kidder so I can beat you mm-hmm. not I don't that know what it he, sounds anything like that but <laughs> don't know why you went to Transylvania
1: <laughs> I you
0: know just what was something evil sounding now yeah, that's nothing mm. I could do
1: maybe he's getting he's getting some wooden stakes to put through your heart. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so what's this? Uh, you put some letters on, on the rundown. What, what the hell, man? What the hell?
0: Yeah, I, I did. Cause I didn't want to put down like all it. So I, Kendra, I've been following a, uh, an interesting situation that's developed. Um, one of the companies who I have bought stuff from before, and I was looking on my desk to see. Ah, yep. Ah. Um, of course, this is good. Uh, one of the companies that I have bought stuff from in the uh, whole miniature world is a company called Secret Weapon Miniatures, and they produce things like this uh, wash. This is baby poop wash, which is a great wash. Um. They produced some resin pieces, uh, some game tiles, some things like that. They had a Kickstarter, oh, it's about two years ago now, uh, that I backed. was to get some, what they were calling, uh, high-definition bases. And what these really were, were they were bases for your miniatures that were kind of already printed out. Um, So you could get them. And basically just glue your miniature on, and voila, uh, it was done. Which was exciting to me because, you know, basing is not necessarily my favorite thing in the world uh, to do. So I backed this, um, and I backed it for a bit. Uh, They raised $47,000. And part of the other thing that I liked, and you can see, Ken, here's their... Interesting process of plastic base blank kind of resonance that's put into that and then color. Um, these guys were partnered with Reaper Miniatures to do some of this, so I was really excited. You can see they had a whole crazy slew of designs, and and basically the thought on the skitter it looks like a sticker, but it's it's got just a little bit of detail here and there show it off i was trying to get down to really show it off these a little bit more so here on this one you can just kind of barely make out that these have like on the panels here you can see the grooves the in, you know so not not so crazy bulky that you can't you know, get your miniature on, because I've dealt with these like that, but just some texture that allows you to paint it up. Or, in this case, they came already colored. You know, you could just slap a miniature on, and boom, done. Anyway. I was excited by this project. Backed it. Um, but back in like February of last year, so February 2021, uh, Justin McCoy, the owner of Secret Weapon Miniature, had to come out and basically state that the company was going bankrupt and he was shutting down Secret Weapon Miniatures, which was sad news. Um, But he was going to try to find somebody to buy him out and hopefully get this Kickstarter finished. Like, He was hoping somebody else to do it. He just couldn't afford kind of the rest of his business. That's fine. So this is where it gets interesting, because we get radio silence for a while, a long chunk. And then all of a sudden we started getting updates from Justin in the Kickstarter where he basically lays out kind of this, it's an incredible story. So the first one kind of says, Hey guys, the reason you haven't heard anything from me on this uh, campaign is because there is an IP dispute with another company. Uh, Basically, somebody was saying, well, no, we have the rights to this, so you can't produce anything with secret weapon miniatures. Basically, claiming that they owned Justin's IP. And we hear that, and he goes, I can't say anything more. Then a little bit later, and as I said, just in the last like two weeks, we've gotten now two... Uh, updates where he has laid out kind of the whole story. And what it comes down to was uh, another company in the gaming world um, known as uh, TT Combat who own such um, properties as Carnivale. Um, Apparently they had been working with Justin. They were going to purchase Secret Weapon Miniature. And Basically restart it, keep all the products going, and all of that. Uh, they're going to keep Justin on as a brand kind of product developer, all of that kind of stuff. Um, they, you know, and it. it, it I'm not going to go through the whole case because it's it's just incredible. But apparently, at some point, the whole acquisition turned into, according to TTC, they they were just buying a license. So they were licensing the product and that that's all they were paying for was rights for license and uh justin says no you guys were trying to buy it and there's money that had transferred hands product that transferred hands it's a whole mess um and now if you're really interested i'll put the links in here you can actually read because these these they're basically now fighting it out on the internet you have Justin posting stuff on the Kickstarter. You have TTC posting their stuff out there, calling each other liars and all of that. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, what Justin is basically saying is that TTC basically tried to string them along, that they were going to buy the company until the bankruptcy proceedings had moved along far enough that um, TTC could come in and purchase all of the uh, secret weapon assets from USA bank for real cheap and basically screw Justin is what he's alleging. And they're saying, no, this was always a license agreement. You're, you're just crazy. So I've been following it. These are some lengthy reads. Um, If you really want to get into the whole kind of weeds of it, uh, as I said, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it has been interesting to kind of read and, uh, it does not leave me real hopeful that I'm ever going to see these bases um, ever. So that that's this saga, Kidder.
1: You get your money back, though, don't you? Uh, I think my money is gone. Yeah. So uh, I hope it wasn't nearly as much as I was soaked for in the Anovos BS, because that is not getting solved Anytime soon? Yeah
0: it it wasn't a it wasn't like a a whole lot. I'm trying to remember, and I already closed out Kickstarter, so I couldn't tell you exactly. Um, It wasn't like a a lot, a lot, but it was it was a chunk. It was a chunk, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, the, the dangers of Kickstarter. But it was one of those where it's like, man, I felt like this is a company that should be able to pull it off. You know, I had backed several other things by them. I have their washes. And uh, they were partnered with Reaper Miniatures, who are pretty rock solid. So, yeah, I was not expecting any of this. So, it's been a interesting, interesting saga of all of this. So much for that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, happens with all the emails. I think Justin is trying to basically end this disagreement with TTC and uh, try to basically once again find somebody to purchase Secret Weapon and and then hopefully get the Kickstarter at least satisfied. So he's trying, you know, which I give him credit for.
1: Yeah, he's not like the losers that uh, were the owners of Anovos who soaked hundreds of people out of thousands of dollars and kept doing it and then rebranded their company to something else to get away with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway. Well, Kidder, um, on that sad kind of depressed news, um, we've been talking for a while. (laughs) The run sheet is done.
1: Guess all that's left is the uh, crying and the cheap plugs. Ain't no crying in Triple B. So let's go with some plugs. Yeah, our website. Let's start there. BeerBluesBS.com BeerBluesBS.com That's where we have everything and anything related to the Triple B. It's your home in the web for the Triple B. BeerBluesBS.com What can you find on there? Well, you find our profiles to see who the hell we are and how we know so much. Of course, you know listening to the show, you probably gather a little bit of that here and there. You can also buy our merch by clicking on the merch button. Uh, As you saw Howard Blues having uh, the glass of water this evening as he shows it off. Nah, he just showed it. He didn't say anything. Dick. (laughs) So... You can get your own, your very own Triple B glass as well. It's a pint glass, 16 fluid ounces. So make sure you get one of those. It doesn't have to be just the Triple B branded one. You could get some of the other stylish designs as well. Just click the merch button at BeerBluesBS.com and then navigate over to what you're looking for. Perhaps pint glasses under drinkware or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Many things. Beer Blues BS. Dot com. It's also your link to get to us on Facebook. We'd love for you to be part of our show on Facebook. Like the page, you get the updates in the show every week or even more than that when we post different episodes and clips behind the scenes, reactions, all kinds of sorts of things. It's just pretty crazy how much stuff we have going on at beerbluesbs.com and click on Facebook. Or if you're just on Facebook, just search Beer Blues and BS, the podcast, that's us. You'll see your two good brothers, Howard Blues and me, Mark Kidder, right there on the page. Aside from that, we have our YouTube page where you can watch the video version of the show. Please subscribe. Please like. We would love you for it. Please join us there. YouTube search Beer Blues and BS for the latest episodes. Otherwise, if you have an audio podcast obsession, we'd love for you to subscribe to us on your favorite audio service. That is the best way to listen to us on the go. We're available on all of them through Podbean, including Google Podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Stitcher tune in imdb and player fm that is just to name a couple if you have an account with an audio service please search beer blues and bs if we're on there please subscribe again we'll love you for it lots of love going around so please do that speaking of love if you love the show and you love to share the love you can buy us a beer or buy us around Beerbluesbs.com. click buy us a beer Give us a message right there in the box, send it in, and we will share your comments right here on the Triple B. You can buy us one beer, buy us two beers, buy us a whole suitcase of them. That's totally fine, too. We appreciate anything and everything to help support the Triple B. Other than that, I think that's about enough for this show tonight. So thanks for joining us. On behalf of my cohort, Howard Blues, I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thanks for joining us for this and every episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. Remember, keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that dusty Tuscan highway. Take it easy, and we'll see you on the next episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. All right. That there's one of them there episodes, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> no. Pretty good one. That's pretty good.
0: <clears throat> Maybe a little on the shorter side, but that's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll leave them wanting
1: more, you know. Yeah. Come at us, bro. Or sis. (laughs) Come on. More. Well Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell's going on in Macedonia now? People are attacking police in the government building in Macedonia. What the hell? Hmm. The uh, last uh, band of brothers survivor passed away a few days ago at uh, the age of 97. Thank you for your service.
0: You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents, A Glimpse Behind the Curtain.
1: My flag got ripped apart this morning in the storm, so I literally ripped off the grommet. So I had to replace that. that's fine. looks a lot nicer now. Brand new American pride flying high
0: get, mm-hmm. get, you seem a little down tonight you, you, you seem seem mm. seem a little down little little mm. low energy little. <laughs> this might be the our most monotone episode ever.
1: <laughs> well, in a stunning turn, there's the potential that we should and could get picked up by NPR.
0: Ah, uh, we swear too much for NPR.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's that's a very good point. I do have to say that's some bullshit, though.